Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda, and Worth the Poor. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. You can follow me on all platforms. All platforms. At Skywalker Still on Twitter. Cowboys Nation. We got a jam-packed show today. Jam-packed show today. <laughs> I reveal my top three draft needs pre-free agency. Pre-free agency. Uh, and then... We'll talk about what Mike McCarthy had to say at the press conference at the Combine yesterday. He gives a Dak Prescott update. And we'll also hit the Twitter streets later for a, a new segment that I am going to dub. Congratulations. You played yourself. Wait till y'all hear this, man. Wait till y'all hear this talking head, this BS, this talking head is spewing from yesterday. So we'll do all that and more. Make sure y'all stick around. And if you do want to call in, you can call in. Call in line is 351-999-3787, 351-999-3787. Give me a second here while I fix some things. Y'all know how we do. Y'all know how we do. But appreciate y'all for being here this morning. Uh, we have a lot going on today. Uh, I wanted to put together a, a good show today because we're moving past the Stephen Jones stuff, right? We're moving past the Catboy stuff. Although, you know, we can still always Catboy it up. But it's time to start looking into the combine uh, because it's here. I believe today, if I'm not mistaken, you get our first dose of uh, on-field participation. So uh, look out for that. If not today, it's tomorrow. But look out for that. And then we'll, there will be no Kyle Yeomans today. Uh, we couldn't get – I told you guys, it's tough with, with guests, especially because he's down there at the combine. So uh, just hold tight for that. However, though, we'll break stuff down ourselves, right? We'll break stuff down ourselves. So y'all make sure y'all tune in for that as I finish up tuning up my own dang on thing, right? And here we go. All right, I think we're straight now. All right, shout out to our order, man. Let me get over here. Yes, Tom Donnie Burner account. We I did see the presser, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Shout out to Stephen White in the building, Alpha Mason, Sadika. What's up, Sadika? Uh, Danny Savage, Iceberg Q, TC915, Mark Canella, Brandon Edwards, Frankie Franchise, how's it going? Uh, hey, let me go ahead and super chat super chat you up, Tom Downey. Appreciate you. Uh, burner account. I got to make sure I say that. Miss Sheila. Terrence C. Snatching ankles in the building. Mike G. Uh, Derek Fish. Captain America. TC on the drums. Over here on Facebook. Who we got over here, man? Y'all in here early. CJ Richards, DA Lee, Peter Rizzo, and Chuck P. Appreciate you guys joining me. Um, Jam-packed show today jam-packed show today good morning everyone coming through uh let's go ahead and jump right into it. what's up jp b47 vic fresh fade in the building let's go ahead and jump in to the roundup because we have a lot like i said a lot to get to today and i don't want to hold you guys for two three hours i try to get this i'll try to get this done in a very orderly fashion y'all know i can get going and we could be here all day so i try to get this going in orderly fashion here we go roundup it's time! It's time! It's time! It's 
So this is basically going to be about the McCarthy press conference yesterday, and I I don't want to bury the lead here, but I kind of did that, right? Uh, Dak Prescott yesterday was revealed that he had cleanup shoulder surgery in his non-throwing arm. And Twitter went on fire. How do I feel? I mean, initially, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really looking at it as a big deal. It's a non-throwing arm thing. It's it's an off-season surgery. Uh, usually, these things happen. However, you know, it's going to be made of something. And listen, I get it. It's a shoulder. It's your quarterback. It's your franchise cue. Anytime anything like that happens, people are going to get a little worried. So I ask you guys, how worried are you? Very worried? Not worried at all about the cleanup shoulder surgery for Dak Prescott. Here's what Mike McCarthy had to say about it. It was one of, uh, I think we had uh, one of eight players that had uh, postseason surgery. So he he had a cleanup of his left shoulder. So it's something that needed to be done. So he's rehabbing that. But he's, you know, he's starting his process to to get back into it. um, If he clean up of his left shoulder. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. It's 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 not a concern. We have no concern. He's doing well. Not expected to miss any off-season programming. And you heard Mike McCarthy. It's not a concern. We have no concern at all. Well, let me just say this real quick. I'm just glad it's right now and it's not later in the off-season because it's hard to trust the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to injuries. It just is. It's hard to trust them, man. Uh, we heard them say, you know, nothing to worry about. He'll be back on the field in a couple of days uh, in the offseason around, what, July in camp, and he missed damn near a month, if not a month. The Demarcus Lawrence stuff, he took a long time. Neville Gallimore, he took a long time. Ezekiel Elliott, right? Ezekiel played on a P- torn PCL, and it didn't come out until afterwards, and, and it makes you look incompetent when you're running out a injured back not resting him when you have a capable, healthy guy behind him, Tony Pollard, who was eating. So I don't trust these guys, but what I do trust is time. And the fact that it's being done early March gives Dak plenty of time to rehab, do whatever he needs to do, and be back and ready to go um, in May or June when it comes time for uh, minicamp. So me personally, I'm not worried about the cleanup surgery but I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys front office. I don't trust them. Uh, you guys got to, what do you say? Uh, Ms. Sheila says, not worried. Vicente, no worries. Not worried at all. Not throwing shoulder. Not. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried either. Uh, Danny says, that's what, four or five surgeries? At this point, is he injury prone? I, I, I wouldn't call this injury prone. He played on it. That's a football player. I don't know. See, here's why I wouldn't call breaking your ankle in 17 different ways the way he did an injury prone injury that that is just a freak of nature now the offseason shoulder thing last year 
that was that sucked. And then the calf thing during the season, that I think was co- uh, compounded from the ankle injury. But he played on this, so this is just something that you get cleaned up. I believe eight players had a cleanup surgery in the offseason. He was just one of them. So I, I wouldn't dub him injury prone. If he starts missing games, a whole bunch of games because of it, then you start dubbing him injury prone. But I'm not going to count a freak injury from 2020 and then missed one game on on the calf and came back. So I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Uh, Tom says, Scott, the front office is saying they're not worried. Then I'd be worried. Why are you worried? It's March 2nd. If it was August 2nd, September 2nd, I'd be worried. It's March 2nd, man. <laughs> Trust me, Tom. Don't get your panties in a bunch in March. Or you're going to have a long, dreadful offseason, brother. You're going to have a long, dreadful offseason. He also said some other things at the press conference. And let me go ahead and plug some of these things here. Uh, he was mum on the usage of Tony Pollard. This is what he says about Tony Pollard. Multiple position players, uh, multiple a multiple positional player, have to continue to spread him out and use him with Zeke. He also said, as far as did we use this guy enough, that guy enough, I think it's convenient criticism. Yeah, yeah, it, it is con- convenient criticism. I mean, because you gave us <laughs> the reason to criticize, man. Like I just said, Ezekiel Elliott played on the torn AC- PCL. I'm sorry. You had a healthy back behind him, and you refused to use him more. Instead, you used him less. In fact, you kept rolling out your torn PCL running back. Yeah, I'm going to criticize how you used him. Your general manager came out. Your players came out and said, we are a concept-based system. We don't go to our best players. I mean, they didn't say that second part, but that's basically what he means. We're a progression system, and that's kind of normal in the league. So, yeah, I'm going to criticize how you use these ultra-talented players, C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Tony Pollard, you know, these type of guys, or lack thereof. Now, he did talk about two things he wanted to focus on, which was penalties and adversity football. Um, and there was, an, I think, an underrated note that came from from that quote. I'm going to go ahead and play it so you guys can listen to what he said. Get better in all those areas. The details in the passing game, you know, maybe some more help in the, you know, in the protection part of it. Um, which games are we going to lean on in the run game when we hit those adversity moments? So that's, those are the things that, that, you know, we're probably halfway through our cut-ups uh, right now, both offensively and defensively. So those are the things we're talking about. That last part is the part that stuck out to me. As far as did we use this guy, in, I'm sorry, uh, schemes to lean on in the run game when we hit the adversity moments. That part stuck out to me because now you're finally seeing what the hell we've been seeing for, for a long time. Your run game scheme stinks. It stinks. And he says when adversity, when you hit adversity moments, adversity moments shouldn't be four minutes left in a game or two minutes left in the second half. Adversity could be coming off a loss. It could be coming off of a, of a bad series. Uh, I hate to use, even use the term adversity going into a big game, but it should be a big about a big game. Okay, this is a big game right here. We need to get so-and-so the ball. We need to use this scheme because it works against this team. But it's good to know you're acknowledging your run game scheme stinks. Stinks. 
All right. That is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Got a caller on the line. I'll get to you in a second here, B. Let me get back into the chat. I see people are freaking out. Uh, Tom says he doesn't trust them because they're liars. Again, I don't trust them either. That's two different things we're talking about. Do you trust Dak Press? I'm sorry. Do you trust the front office? I don't trust the front, of, front office. I don't I don't believe what they have to say. Am I worried about a, a cleanup surgery on the off-throwing uh, off shoulder? Non-throwing shoulder? No. In March? I'm 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 not. You know, now again, if this happened to be in February, I'm sorry, if this happened to be in August, if this was in July, maybe, if this was in September, sure, then you worry. We're, we're, you're not playing a football game for <laughs> for six months. So again, if you're worried right now, feel bad for you all year, bro. <laughs> feel bad for you, man. Feel bad for you. Um, sometimes surgery helps, Danny. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes it helps. There's certain things that take a toll on you, but it all depends on the type of surgery. And here's the beauty of having the type of uh, sponsors that we have. We have a orthopedic surgery surgery sponsorship, and when we get uh, the doc on here, he was supposed to be on here this week, but things came up with the storm and all that. When he gets on here, we'll ask about that. We'll ask exactly about the the surgery that he got and, and what are the concerns moving forward, if there are any. Yeah, MD Andrews, I didn't bring this one up, but he talked about the fact that Mike McCarthy had to address Sean Payton as an absolute joke. Uh, no other franchise acts like this. That type of stuff, to me, bugs me more than an offseason surgery with your quarterback in March on a non-throwing shoulder. He had to really go up there, and you could see it in his face. I don't want to talk about this narrative. Somebody somebody dropped a, a pretty funny meme, though. Uh <laughs> They had Sean Payton kind of hiding behind him, peeking at Mike McCarthy and said, this is what it's going to be like all year. Unfortunately, it is. Mike McCarthy is going to have Sean Payton over his shoulder all year. And I hope that our media is responsible and they're not going to go out after every game, win or lose, and bring up this man's name week four, five, six, whatever it is. That would be irresponsible media. Irresponsible media. Here's what I'm going to do. We'll get into this phone call with Brandon. We'll come out and we'll attack these draft needs. What's going on, B? What's going on, G? How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you this morning? I'm all right, man. Yo, man, I seen that uh, press conference as well, bro. Man, that press conference, he was just irritating me. Like I think he was when irritated. He said something about, when he said something about – uh. The run game schemes, man, I don't trust nothing he say. Sometimes I just think conveniently he say shit by accident. Like, I don't trust nothing they say, bro. After what they did with Zeke, after what they did with Zeke last year, letting that man play on one leg, it's how do you trust an organization that does a player like that and says that they care about the health of their players? There's no way you can convince me of that. That man should not have been on, on the field for at least four games. If I'm not mistaken, Alvin Kamara had a similar injury, and Sean Payton kept him out four weeks. And it's not four like weeks, you didn't have a competent all... backup. That's what that's what boggles my mind. I could see if you had Troy see, Hambrick, man, but you had Tony Pollard. Who, boy, who, who you crazy. was crazy? <laughs> you, you did not bring up Hambrick, bro. <laughs> I'm you just saying. Shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy though, man. And you know what? Too like to speak on that, man. Like I like Tony Pollard. Don't get me wrong. Everybody talks about we need to draft a guy like Debo Samuels. First of all, there's two things. You already have that guy. 
mm-hmm. and Tony Pollard. He was a wide receiver at Memphis, and I think a lot of people forget that. He was not a running back. He was a wide receiver at Memphis that can play some running back. They used him all over the field. You already have that guy. He's, he's, he's just like a, a t- smaller. He's definitely like a Debo. Some I heard some people say, "Well, exactly. he's not as big." I mean, Debo was two what fourteen, two something, two fourteen, two fifteen. So he's two nineteen, two twenty. Okay. Uh, Tony Pollard's six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds, or, or two hundred ten, ten or so pounds. So he's not this some man is scat not, back. He's just built slight, but it's weight. It's the same. You know what I'm saying? He's just a. He just doesn't carry it like Debo. Yeah. And my point is, man, we already have that guy. We just don't use him. You know what I'm saying? And sure. they're going to have to get better with their scheme all the way around. I don't like this notion that Zeke is washed up. I don't like that. Because I didn't hear nobody complaining about Zeke the first six, seven weeks of the season. It was, oh, Zeke's back. He's healthy. He's lighter. This man tore, tears his PCL, and all of a sudden he's washed up. Bro, that's not cool. Yeah, I think because we have Zeke to. Zeke was healthy. I. We have to find a way. Easily, we have to find a way to separate the two. Yards. We have to find a way to separate. Exactly. Zeke is washed with Zeke plays a position that he'll he'll likely be banged up. That's just the nature of the position. If Zeke is healthy for sixteen games, Zeke is going to eat. Right. I just personally you don't. don't think, I have a hard time believing he'll be healthy for sixteen games. As long as he doesn't tear anything, I think he'll be fine. But I think he'll easily have fourteen hundred yards. I think he can average that over the next three seasons. I, I really don't, do. I, I don't want him to. As long as he's healthy. I, you don't need Zeke to me, average 1,400 yards, man. You got Tony I'm Pollard, just, I mean, I, Well, you know they're not going to resign him. Come on, man. Well, we at least talking it, about it, all it, these it, other free, free But, but will they keep, to, will they keep Zeke? We don't even yep. know if they're going to keep Zeke yep. after this year. You don't know that? Are you listening to Stephen Jones talk? I'm going to tell you why they're going to keep him, bro. Did, it's because okay, cutting him will admit that they're wrong. Sure. That's why. They That's admitted why. they were wrong on and Des Bryant. They were admitted they were wrong on J- Jalen Smith. They're about to admit they were they – I don't even want to call Des it wrong. Okay, whatever you want to say. They, they're they about to cut Demarcus Lawrence and or Amari Cooper. They cut Jalen Smith. They cut Des Bryant. They cut Demarcus Ware. Why right. is it out of the ordinary to think they would get rid of Zeke next year? Now, did you said – did you hear uh, 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 Stephen Jones on Zeke? What else could he say about Ezekiel Elliott for 2022? You can't cut him right now. It doesn't give you any money back. It does nothing for you. You can't trade him because no one is going to take that man's contract. So they are essentially stuck with Zeke in 2022. So, of course, he's going to say he's coming back, right? Watch how that tune yeah. changes next year. And, and mark this date, February or with March 2nd. Come back here next year if they don't touch his money, by the way, and they still may. And watch how that tune changes when this cap hit is big and they can save money if they get rid of him. Watch. Just watch. See, I think Zeke's smart enough to take a pay cut, though. Mm. At that position, I think he's smart enough to do it. Just like DeMarcus Lawrence. I think DeMarcus Lawrence is smart enough to understand that. See, the thing about these Cowboys, bro, what pisses me off is they talk about winning deals. But all they do is lose them. That's all they do is lose these deals that they try to make, bro. With these damn Cowboys, DeMarcus Lawrence, I like him. Good player. But where they messed up at is they paid him like he was a pass rusher on the right side. He's not a he's a left defensive end. Yeah, but you paid DeMarcus Lawrence like he was Vaughn Miller because of the position title. Not no, no, but, but you can't. But see, it's twenty twenty two, man. It's a different era. Like both Let both sides, walk. both sides of the line, 
on defense and end can get after the pass rusher, right? We, we've seen that. Like, J.J. Watt was a left defense end. <laughs> What's that mean, right? Just because he but played he, left, it, it's not a it, – DeMarcus Lawrence was not? What are we, what are we doing? No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't say like, – let me finish. I was cutting you off. That's why I stopped talking. My fault. I'm just saying that J.J. Watt was giving you 10, 11 sacks up and down the line. DeMarcus Lawrence had given 14. Time, Lawrence? I'm not talking about post. I'm not talking about post contract. You brought up when they signed oh, him. You okay. said you made they made the mistake of paying him like a right defensive end. I think that's that's ancient thinking. If you are a defensive lineman and you're impactful, I don't give a damn what position you play because you're right. You're getting after the passer. And Demarcus Lawrence got his money because he got after the passer. He had something like twenty something sacks in two years, a fourteen and a half sack season, and I think a 10, 10 sack season. So they paid him for that. He just hasn't been the sack artist since then, and that's fair criticism. And they paid him a year late because they wanted to try yeah. to get another year out of that deal, and they fucked themselves in the long run. Where you could have had him for 14, 15, then he went out and they get it again, and now he cost you 20. Yep. Same thing with Dak. But yeah. they don't do it with Zeke. <laughs> and that man had two years left on his deal. Bro, that's just, it's just, I don't understand what they're doing over there sometimes, bro. It's yeah. like you said. They're losing hope within the fan base. Yeah. And trust right now is what I'm losing. I don't trust them. I don't think Stephen Jones knows what he's doing in the cap era. Um, I, th- I think he got a pass for a while because daddy was kind of far left with the contracts. Right. We thought so, at least. Right. Exactly. He was giving out all these contracts to the Ken Hamlin's, the, the uh, Jay Ratliff's, the uh, I think T. New got paid, which he was deserved. Um, the the guys who cut the Marion Barbers and things like that. I think he went so far left with those contracts, and then some of these outlandish trades, Roy Williams, Joey Galloway, that when Stephen kind of took the reins a little bit, he calmed that down, and we all thought, well, at least I did. I, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, okay, you know, we're kind of coming back to the medium, but no, he went the entire other way, <laughs> and he did some of the things with his dad that his daddy did by giving out these contracts. He just waited right. too damn long. Right. You know what I'm saying? And what I think, you know, what they got going on, man, is they're going to have to to figure out what they're doing. Because like you said, when you got job security, you can you can do business like this. You heard what I said. Business. I didn't say it was a football team. <laughs> yep. You yeah. called it. And, and that's getting in the way of the football operations, the business part of it. And, and as long as it's like that, you're not – they, you know what? They did one contract out of desperation. And you know which contract that was? Zeke. Because Jerry Jones thought that they were going to have a contract, a football team that was going to compete the year he held out. And that's why he was so desperate to get him back in camp when he gave him a contract extension. And he had two years left, bro. Like, how do you justify that? You don't. That was a bad deal. You don't. That was a bad deal. But that, but that was desperation because he thought he had a team that can compete. I find it hilarious. So it's like we want them to operate out of desperation, but that desperation is just like so misplaced. You see what I'm saying? It's like we can't, we can't, we, <laughs> this is how bad it is, bro. Des- desperation <laughs> is a strong word. I don't want them to operate out of that because that, that yields this type of stuff. I want them to have a sense of urgency. Uh, but I just find it hilarious, the Zeke situation where, you allow the all-time great Dallas Cowboy and NFL 
all-time leading rusher, Emmitt Smith, to miss multiple games in the 90s. <laughs> and I love Zeke. He ain't no goddamn Emmitt Smith. Right. And you decided to jump the gun on Zeke two years prior without even letting him miss a game. Honestly, I, I lied to you now. I know this is hindsight. I know this is going back and, and seeing. But when I looked at that schedule and I saw Giants, I think it was, and, and the Washington football people and the, the Miami Dolphins, I said, yo, you think Tony Pollard can't get busy against these dudes? You could have used that leverage. I swear to God, you could have used that as leverage. Like, all right, you don't want to come in? Cool. We'll play hardball right with you. Tony Pollard goes out here. He mm-hmm. eats. I guarantee you, Zeke Elliott be back in there. Guarantee you. Facts. Got to take it to the woodshed. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what they're doing over there, man. And I'm going to say something about this draft, and I'm going to let you go, Jay. You know what, man? When I look at this team, the one thing that I do trust them to do is evaluate offense alignment in the first round. So I don't believe Kenyon Green is going to be there because what I think of Kenyon Green, he's going to be gone before 20. So I think you, I think you're going to end up, and, and I don't mean end up like, you know, it's a bad thing, but I think you're going to, depending on what Daxon Hill runs at the at the combine and the 40, if he runs anything below 4-4, you won't get him as a safety. That's just my opinion. But I think Daxton Hill, Zion Johnson, and Maybe uh, what's the kid's name? Devontae Wyatt. I think you might well, have a shot at attack. those type of players. Oh, but you're yeah. going to get a you're going to get a shot at a good player at 24. Yeah, you're going to get a shot. You 100%. know that that's the type of player that I think they're going to be hitting with. Like the, anything down the middle. You know how I've been talking all season about down the middle, guard to guard, defensive tackle, linebacker, safety. Any one of those positions in the first round, bro. I'm all for it because it helps your team. When you're strong down the middle, bro, your, just your get it out your head. Safety good. ain't happening. So, you know, until come it happens, on, it man. ain't happening. Don't do me like that, Scott. Bro, you, you want me come to be on, real G. with you or you want me to sugarcoat it so you can feel good? What you want? Which one? Nah, you know what? <laughs> I think if he's there, I think they take him, though. I think this the year. If he's there. Hey, okay, once we get but into my top three draft needs, I'm going to start with why. I'm going to start with that. I got you. Yeah, IG, man. Have a good day, bro. Be safe, man. Appreciate you, B, as always. IG. Always enjoy B calling in. Uh, we got, we'll got. we get to one more before I move on. One more. I got 562 in the horn. 562, what it is, what it do? Guy. What's going on, man? Can you hear me all right? Yep, I got you. Okay, all right. So, uh, so you were talking about the run scheme earlier, and it sucks, right? Last night, um, a boss, a boss's show, they were talking about how the passing scheme from all the different players that have left, from all the quotes from Amari, from Stephen Jones, the reason why Amari doesn't get the ball is because of the scheme. Yep. So obviously the passing scheme sucks as well. So I've kind of came to the conclusion that over basically since the Romo days, since Romo, so every single win we have is because of the talent. Okay. It's not because of the schemes at all. Every single one. And you can see it really well against in the San Francisco game because we matched up pretty evenly. Evenly, they had a lot of talent too, but all it was was their coaching that beat ours. There's no time in the season, in the last ten seasons, when I thought that the coach did something to win the game. And the, one of the weirdest things that stays in my mind about what the coaches did actually kind of lost us the game, and that was after the fake punt 
in San Francisco, or against San Francisco, and they did that weird thing where they stayed on the sideline trying to do some dumb, have San Francisco, oh, have uh, Frisco call a timeout. That was dumb. That was their coaching decision, and that was just really stupid. So every single win has been because of the players. I don't think it's because of the coaches at all. It's because of the talent that Will McClay selects, brings in, and that's it. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah, that's something I've been harping on before McCarthy got here with the Jason Garrett era. One of my favorite sayings always was, when Jason had his horses, the team was good. When he didn't, you saw yeah. that you know he couldn't really uh, elevate the squad. And me and Jesse talk about Whenever. this a lot, Jesse Holly. Uh, there's going to be at least one to three games where you need your coaching to win it for you. Um, and, and you know, I'll give them credit for, for maybe in Foxborough. You know, that was a – I thought they, they, they coached pretty decently. But there's not too many big-time games where I'm like, man, this was a hell of a schemed-up game or a hell of a coached-up game. And I've been saying that for so damn long. So I'm right there with you. I, I do think that the Cowboys have always had the talent. But I, I, I'll say it so much, you're probably tired of hearing me say it. But the difference between talent levels in the NFL is minuscule. It's, it's, not, it's not huge. So when you go up against a team who can match you talent for talent, now let's see where the coaching's at. Because I'm going to need my coaching to help me help elevate over said coach's team, right? Like if you're going up against an Andy Reid, do I trust, do I trust McCarthy and Kellen Moore to outcoach Andy? I probably don't. Uh, Bill Belichick, they did it, but I wouldn't have trusted him going into that. Uh, Sean McVay, no. You know what I mean? And other, other coaches like that. So I, I do, I would like to see the coaches overcome the front office, but it, it comes down to the players. I said it before. Unfortunately, I'm putting the pressure on you because I just, I just know your coaches in your front office aren't always going to uh, aid you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it was pretty evident whenever Sean Lee would miss a game. I mean, it was over. One guy, because we never had uh, never had any way for the defensive Ty- coaches to scheme, Ty- you know, Ty- to scheme anything to to replace him. So now I think we got lucky this year because Michael was able to fill roles because of his talent. He was able to fill roles, and we had a lot of younger guys. I don't know. What, I'm not saying Dan Quinn can't coach. I'm pretty sure they really like him and they play for him. But I, if we didn't have those guys selected and we had some different guys, I don't think it would have went the same way. Uh, Quinn definitely would have been the same way. Yeah. Quinn is a, an established all right, all right. coach. I right, appreciate you, brother. All right, all right, man. Thanks. That's that's one coach I you know I do have full blown confidence in because he is a proven defensive guy. He's a proven defensive coordinator. Kellen's not proven. Kellen's still proving himself, uh, and I think he's starting to develop a. Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals like reputation where it starts off hot and then it kind of fizzles towards the end 2019 2020 you can give him a break 2021 I mean that's a pattern Um, now I just need to see you adapt get better you're still young you're going to be in this game for a while as a coach so it's not like he's he may not be here but he'll be somewhere else I just realized I got this date wrong back there my apologies y'all but yeah, I, I think that you need your coaches to help overcome certain things. I don't think it's that difficult. I'm just sitting here on my couch feeling, you know, not my couch, but, you know, Monday morning quarterback stuff. But I, I said this before, pre-snap motion helps, right? Post-snap motion, more creativity in the passing game. But he's right. They came out and they said, this is our system. 
It's not designed to go to a player. It's designed to go through a progression. And if it's not there, if they decide to take that away, we go elsewhere. First of all, while we know that, why the hell would you put that in the air? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you put that in the air? Just shut it. Shut up. Say it again. Say something else. Oh, say something else. Say something all right, let's go ahead and shift gears here. And we're going to head over to my top three draft needs. Heading into free agency, mind you, since it's combine week. But before we do that, let me remind you about our Freeman Mazda ride of the week this week, which is the Mazda 3, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Mazda 3, 2022 Mazda 3, I'm sorry, is and it has an affordable price. Uh-oh, are we here? Cowboys Nation, are we still live? Are we still live? Let me know. I think something kind of happened here. Before I move forward, my apologies. I just want to make sure we are live. Can I get a thumbs up? All right, we're good. All right, thank you. Appreciate y'all. The Mazda 3 Ride of the Week. Affordable price, luxury type of vehicle. With a bunch of ton of features that I enjoy, the uh, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, blind spot monitoring, backup camera, and the keyless entry. By the way, I never talk about the keyless entry, but I do enjoy the keyless entry. I just go up to the car, press the button on the uh, handle, boom, I'm in there. So make sure you check out FreemanMazda.net if you want more information on our ride of the week, which is the Mazda 3. All right, let's head on over to my top three draft needs pre free agency now i'll say this i won't reveal them all at this moment we're going to go ahead and take it one at a time one at a time but i want to start off where b kind of mentioned it this third one may shock you because i'm going to omit i'm going to omit a position and that position is safety cowboys nation And the reason why I'm going to omit that position is because I don't believe the Cowboys are going to address it in the top three rounds, top four, five rounds, if we're being real. Unless they do something that I would love for them to do, and that is just go up and get our guy Kyle Hamilton. But that's not happening, right? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And like I said, I struggle with it because that is a position that is near and dear to my heart. But we just don't address it, man. We just don't address it. Unless the freak of the draft falls, and that's Kyle Hamilton, I don't think it's going to happen. So let's get into it. Number three. For me, I got to be realistic, Tom. Number three is uh, the one-tech defensive tackle position, Cowboys Nation. That is a position that we've been talking about for years here. Uh, They finally started to address it with big boys in 2020. It didn't really sit right. Then in 2021, they they officially, for the first time in like 20 years or so, drafted a big guy. It just was in the sixth round. From a pure body standpoint, they they don't have the numbers at this position, which is why I, I have it here at number three. Now, if you look at the current depth chart, 
they have defensive tackles, right? They got Neville Gallimore, Osa Dizua, Tristan Hill, and Quentin Bohanna really is your only one tech. And Quentin was a six-round pick, still developing. I don't think he's a guy I'm ready to throw in there as my starter. And this is a position that should not be ignored. Last year, they gave up, they were 23rd in yards per carry, four and a half yards per carry, and 20th in rush yards per game on the ground. And we understand that the run defense has been something of an issue for Dallas from a consistency standpoint for a long time. For a long time. So I have it as a top three need. It just It's just a matter of when they decide to address it. Now, y'all know who my guy is. Okay, it's not going to show up. All right, yeah, something did happen, so apologies. I'm not going to have everything for the show. But y'all know who my guy is, and that is Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Not a lot of people are big on, on a Jordan Davis uh, in the first round. I am, personally. But I get it, whatever. He's not a three-down guy. I, I'm not looking for one. I'm not looking for one. I'm looking for a difference maker. Uh, and if that's with just two downs, it's just with two downs. You know, let me get the third and nine and let me sick my pass rushers on you. Obviously, you got other guys like Travis Jones, uh, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas. Uh, and I wonder, maybe y'all can tell me this about Devontae Wyatt, who is looked at as probably the best defensive tackle from, from Georgia because he does play all three. Can big boy play the one tech? Can, can he slide over there? Y'all help me out with this one. 6'3", 315. Not your average one tech that you think about. But he not slight. Can Devontae Wyatt play the one tech? Because I'm, I, I want me... Listen, Jordan Davis is a mountain. He's an anomaly. 6'6", 340 pounds. Ridiculously strong. Can't be moved, in my opinion. Not, not with one player. You're going to need two, three, three at, at probably the least. Um, and same thing with Travis Jones, too. Travis is tough to move as well. I, I'm just fascinated with Jordan. So I had that as my number three. Uh, MG says why it's a three only. If he's a three only, I, I can't prioritize him in the first round, y'all. I, I know that's probably going against best player available thought process, right? That's probably going against it. But I feel like you got to kind of have a BPA per knee. Right, like if, if the top running back is sitting there at twenty four, you're not taking the top running back. Let's see what y'all saying here. Uh, if we could use a top hundred pick on a dominant one tech, I would love to use it on Davis. Yeah, that's what I just said here. Joe said Davis only a two downer. That's true. You know, that's something that I you know I can't I can't knock y'all for. Jordan Davis is a two down. Defensive tackle, but he is a massive two-down defensive tackle. And I, I can't pull up. I was going to pull up some of his film here, but something happened in the middle of the show that knocked it out. So my apologies. Just keep rocking. So that's number three for me. Is that about right? Does that fit in your top three needs? Or you got you guys have that outside of your top three? Because for me, that's in the top three. It doesn't mean I take it in the third round, the second or the first. Although, depending on who, who's there on the board, I would do something. Shoot, I'm getting my own hopes up, Tom. I am. I'm just hoping that 
if one of our guys are there in the first round or two at that one tech position, they do so. Because if you think about it, I feel I'm higher probably on. Let me see if I have it up here. I'm higher on Osa Digizua in in year two than probably most. I think he could be a fantastic three tech. Get an off season in him. He's got a, a ton of experience this year. Another year under Dan Quinn, I think he can be your disruptor there. And I know maybe we bump up all these guys. Neville Gallimore might have been that guy last year. But I do like the combination of Osa and Neville. I don't feel the need to have to grab a three early. And that could be going against BPA. But I got Osa here for another three more seasons at least. I got Neville for another two. Uh, And Tristan's kind of just a bonus. So that's where I'm at with my, my, my number three need going into the draft pre-free agency. Remember, pre-free agency, things can change. We can go sign a one tech. All right, let's get to my guy, Mel Hayes, real quick before I get to my number two. What's up, Mel? Man, I think, what's going on, brother, man? I, I got to say, man, you are, the, you are the ultimate professional when it comes to this, man, because I, can, I know I'm speaking for you, too, as Cowboy Nation right now. I really don't know if we've ever just felt more like Hey, just blah, you know, and for you to come on here, man, every morning, still deliver content, still deliver fire, bro, like that, that is just, you know, the ultimate, ultimate professionalism, man, so, so hats off to you, man. Appreciate you, bro. Um, love the, love the, uh, love the top three, but I love, it was something you said, I wasn't planning on calling in on the real, but it was something you said, I was like, oh man, finally somebody said that. What was that? BP, BPA per need. It's not just, man, we got to go BPA, BPA. Like, you just hear that. Everybody just throws that out there. BPA is BPA per need. Even when people kind of like, well, they went BPA with CD, they kind of did. If you really look at it, they... I don't was Amari a free agent that year or was he already resigned? I can't really no. remember, but Yeah. That they want BPA, I, I but Con- th- that was easy. <laughs> it was super easy. Was Plus easy. you really you know, Cobb was on his way out, right? So you you did you did still need a third. Yep. Um and he was the best player like he was the best player on the board. At a position that you can add depth at and you still need it. It wasn't like you already had Gallup, CD, and um, and Cooper, and then you still drafted another receiver. It was you kind of like, okay, we can add another dog here. I mean, why not? Plus, there was nobody else really on the board at that time that, you know, superseded what he would have brought to the team. But I feel like when people just throw out VPA out there, you got to still have some context behind it. Like you just nice. said, you're not going to add a running back. If the, if a running back is the best player on the board, you're not going to add that. You're not going to add a quarterback. Yeah, You I, know, you're, you're yeah. probably, you know, there's some positions you're still going to stay away from. Yeah, you got to have some self-evaluation, right? you got to look at your roster. And if, if we're talking about just a three-tech position, 
again, I'm I'm high on Osa. Maybe they're not. What if they go into it and they say, you know, we're not looking at him as the future, and we're not we're not looking at Neville. Then yeah, you throw that up there. But you definitely have to base your best player available process on on your needs too. I'm sorry, <laughs> you just can't go in there willy nilly. Yeah. Like for instance, yeah. for instance, let, let, let me him. say this real quick. And I know this is a long stretch. Long, long. This is a stretch at this point. But if Amari Cooper is on, say they come out and say, "Listen, guys, we were totally wrong here. Amari Cooper is going to be a part of the future. In fact, we're going to extend Amari Cooper for another two, two, three years, whatever, right?" And you got Amari Cooper, and you got uh, C.D. Lamb, and you're sitting there with some some of your better players on the board at positions of need. Do you pass on what you, the third best wide receiver, even though he's a, a slot or two above? I'm sorry. Do you do you pass on those guys that you need at maybe defensive tackle, offensive guard, wherever it is, for a wide receiver who may be two spots above you? I don't think so. You know, like if you're no. if the third wide receiver is your 24th ranked player, but the defensive tackle is a 26, I'm taking the defensive tackle for me because I feel like yes. that helps my yes. team now and the future, really. Yes. Yeah, I, I I feel. I mean, this is just my personal opinion on the draft in general. First-round picks, to me, should be looked at as immediate starters. Oh, 100%. I could be wrong in the way I'm seeing that. Unless unless you're drafting a quarterback that you know and you already have one is going to come in and sit, like a mm-hmm. Jordan Love situation or something like that. that but for the most part, <laughs> if, you, if you're drafting a first-round pick, I just see that that person should at least be coming in and making an immediate impact. So, um, to me, anybody they look at drafting in the first round, you know, it's a little bit tough. But like you said, it's pre-free agency. So, for me, if one of the edge rushers, if one of the edge rushers leaves, so that means if we lose Tank or if we lose Randy or if we lose both, then I think that for me the (laughs) – immediate need becomes an edge rusher. That's And that's why I wanted to emphasize pre-free agency, really, and I wanted to do this right now because this can change. This entire list can flip um, if they get rid of an Amari Cooper, right? If they don't re-sign, not Tank, but if they don't re-sign Randy Gregory or they move on from Tank, now we're unnecessarily, in my opinion, we're pushing up two positions that you already have at the top of your draft need. I mean, it has to be at the top of your draft need. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You lose If you lose one of your edge rushers, I mean, and I don't like the idea of, well, we just move Micah down to the edge. I think Micah is best as, like, to me, Micah is the Debo of defense. Like, mm-hmm. the way that they use Debo and they can move him around and do different things with him and you kind of never really know, but he just makes an impact, that's what Micah is yeah. to me. So Micah, Micah's that guy, you you don't want to pigeonhole him into any one position because he can do so much. Um, so I, w- I don't like the idea of like, oh, we'll just move Micah to the edge if we lose one. You want to be able to use Micah at the edge but not lose him as a linebacker. You don't oh. want, you know, so I don't like that idea. But um, if you lose the edge rusher, you got to go there. Like you said, they're not going to address safety. Um, and I think I'm only speaking defense so far, but I still feel like that offensive line needs some help. I personally – oh, you know, another position we haven't spoken about is offensive tackle. 
Um, and the reason I'm bringing up offensive tackle, if I if there was a great tackle at 24, um, well, obviously it may not be great, but if there's a tackle at 24, uh, I would look there as well because you're not going to get a whole season of number uh, 77. Of yeah. You ain't getting a whole season of 77, and you may not get another season out of 77. So, yeah, I'm I, struggling, I like man. I'm struggling. I'm struggling at that position, man, because, you know, y'all know me. Right after the season, I'm like, dude, we might have to rip the Band-Aid. Uh, you know, Tyron Smith is in and out. You know, he's probably not going to be around much longer. I I kind of maybe prematurely pushed that position to the top. Uh, but then I don't I, think that's premature. I, that's fair. I don't but, think that's premature at all. But here's I, I I don't think that's that's not unfair. I mean, the, look at look at what look at what we've been dealing with. I'm going to say the past at least three years, but probably longer than that. Tyron is not available. He's just True. not available. True, but but here's why I, <laughs> I I thought it might have been a little bit premature because I didn't give my second cousin enough credit. Uh, <laughs> so I went you know went back and watched and wanted to see his development uh, more at left tackle as the year went on, and I was encouraged uh, with what I saw. Now, don't kill me, Cowboys Nation. I'm not saying you throw him in there right now. What I'm saying is uh, if you're going to bring back. Uh, Tyron Smith, which I think they will, Mel, then I may be prep still to be my left tackle, right? I feel good about still being my swing. So I don't know that I need to jump. At the very least, I can extend him for two more years and then see what happens. But unless you're getting mm, that, here's my okay. thing about tackles. Okay. I want to get the yeah, best tackle. I want the best tackle. I don't, I don't want to get the fourth best tackle. I'm not saying they can't develop and be good. You can get second-round tackles, right? They could be good, things like that. Uh, but if I'm if I'm in the market for my left tackle of the future, I kind of want to get the best one. I kind of want to jump up and grab the you know the top one or two tackles in the, in the draft or three tackles in the draft, uh, not settle for the fourth, fifth, sixth one. And if I do draft one early, I feel like I got to get them in there, right? They may get in there by default because because Tyron is hurt guy, but if you still got Terrence still on this roster, slide still right right there. If I exactly, if I got still, I, I feel good about that. And now you say, okay, listen, Tyron, you heard again. Maybe I'm going to get a real long look at Terrence as a potential left tackle. Uh, if it don't work out, then you go into the draft next year and you draft your future right or your future tackle and you play him right now. Uh, I'm not really for sitting my first round pick for a year uh, or two or whenever they decide to get rid of Tyron and Tyron decides to call it quits. So I was I'm t- I'm torn on it. I get it. If you want to take one, I just feel like if I take one, he's not going to play. No, I, li- I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I, I totally feel that. What's your last one? I'm, l- I'm going to let you go. The center position. What are your feelings on taking a center in the first, let's say, three rounds? If if there's one there, I don't I don't know the draft. I'm not that guy. Yeah. So, um, what is there a guy out there to be taken in the first three rounds? And then what is, what is your feeling on I, I'm taking just, a guy in the first three rounds at that position? I'm going to be 100 with you. I'm, it's Tyler Linderbaum or nothing for me. Uh, I, I do think he's a bit of a freak in regards to the center position. 
I I am a little less down. I'm, I'm not as down on the center spot as most. I feel like the center spot can be upgraded. I don't mind bringing in competition, be it mid-round or later. I'm very intrigued about Matt Forniak. I, I really am. I know y'all probably like seventh-round guy. What? I just am. I'm kind of interested to see if he could be a guy that could develop into your full-time backup center. Just a small thing to think about. They never cut him. They never designated him uh, as a guy to swap out somebody from COVID or to bring somebody from the practice squad. He remained on the roster. So I think that's something to think about. Um, and, if it, and, again, I know there's other centers out there, but I just feel like there's so many other positions I want that if you're not going to draft a Linderbaum in the first round, I'm not taking. I'm not wasting. I hate to use the word waste, but I ain't. I ain't wasting the second round or third round pick when I want to get a linebacker or, or offensive guard or a defensive tackle, right? Or maybe it's going to be a defensive end. Hell, it might be a wide receiver. There's just too many other positions that I think will need yeah. more than the center position. I feel like you can get by with uh, with Tyler Biotish for one more year, and it's his first four year starting, so maybe he gets better. He makes that three third year jump. Yeah, we saw it with Steele. Um, and what, what was that guy's name? Lindenbaum? Tyler Lindenbaum. Check him out, man. Iowa center. He's the consensus okay, number one guy. All right, brother. All right, man. I'm going to jump back on in this, uh, on the audio version. All right, bro. Appreciate you, fam. All right. I, listen, y'all have no idea. There's a lot of crap going on with my tech, my technical standpoint, but y'all here. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I am not. I am not draft center guy because it's an immediate need. I would love to upgrade from from Biotis, but we got to understand, again, I have to kind of take off the frustration of Cowboy fan and, and realize across the leagues, the offensive line is tough. Offensive line play is just not high. Um, and I, I think Biotis, you can get by. Like, let's be real. We've had a ton of good games with Tyler Biotis at the center position. Uh, I would I would rather address the position next to him. And let me go ahead and get to that real quick. Stage says, Sky, Sauce Gardner's there at 24. Oh, goodness, y'all killing me. Like, like I don't expect, I'm trying to be real. I don't expect that man to be there at 24. But if he's there at 24, you know, how do you, you know what I mean? How do you pass on that guy? And that, that'd be one of those uh, C.D. Lamb situations, right? Like, Sauce to me is way above my 24th overall player. So CeeDee Lamb was way above my 17th overall player. So, yeah, that's an easy BPA. That's one of those things where it's like, well, what else do you want me to do here? Pass on this ridiculous talent? So, yeah. Uh, But let me get to my number two two draft need pre-free agency. I think this is an easy one. And he brought it up and we talked about it a little bit in regards to – offensive line and it's not center I know we see Tyler Linderbaum right there but it's not center Uh, it is offensive guard I think the offensive guard position is a position that I went back and forth with on one or two and the only reason why I didn't label it two number one I'm sorry is because technically Connor McGovern could be your starter if need be. And I know that y'all probably just threw some tomatoes at him. But no, seriously, man. I mean, he's got starting experience. He can fill in a position if need, if it's not addressed. I just don't think he's a long-term option. 
right? And I think this will be a good time to get out ahead of that position by drafting a long-term option. And I think they'll have the opportunity to do so if they so choose. Now, a few weeks ago, we brought up the options at guard, right? We talked about the Zion Johnsons, the Kenyon Greens, the Darian Kennards, right? Mid-round options, and then obviously you can slide Lyle Collins in there. Ed Ingram's Jamari Saylor, you know, Cole Stranges are those some of those other mid-round guys. But again, I'm not saying this is a position you have to take round one, two, or three, but what I am saying is that this from a need standpoint is right up there. It's right up there. Because you just lost Connor Williams, who whatever, right? Connor Williams, I think you're cool with letting Connor go because you feel like you can upgrade in the draft or free agency, and you can. Uh, and the only reason why I don't have it at number one is because you do have a, a guy who has started a good amount of games the last two seasons at the position, if need be. But I, I do have the guard position at number two. Is that too high, too low, or just about right, Cowboys Nation? Uh, Captain America says, left guard is a bigger need than center. I'm good with Beatish. And that's what I was telling telling Mel. I, you know, the position next to Beatish is what I'm worried about more than Tyler Beatish. Drow says Green or Johnson. Kenyon Green, please. <laughs> Long snap. MD says, uh, but in my opinion, would you rather get by with Tyler or draft the next Jason Kelsey? Well, that's the thing about, about Linderbaum. See, Linderbaum, if he's there, depending on the board, it, it'll be tough to pass on him because I, I do think he's just a freak of a center. But that's it. It's, to me, it's Linderbaum or bust. I, I'm not... I'm not wasting a top three-round pick on the center if it ain't him. Too high, too low, just about right. Joseph says, just about right. <laughs> Tom, long snapper will not be number anything. <laughs> I'm worried Green won't be there, but if he is, woo boy. Yeah, I, I think I don't think he'll be there either, but again, I, I think there are options. Right? There are options. Now, we can ignore Lyle Collins in the middle there, but Zion Johnson, come on, man. That's actually my favorite guy out of all this. But Zion Johnson, come on. Darian Kennard, he has to be a guard. I'm not looking at him as a right tackle. But another big mammoth of a dude that can move people. And then you got your mid-rounders. You had Ingrams from LSU. Cole Strange is really a super mid-rounder. But I feel good about the position in the draft. I'm not even super, super draft guy, but just from the gist of what I see, I feel good about the position, being able to address it and address it with potentially an upgrade. Because think about this for a second, y'all. Connor McWilliams came in as a tackle. He was a tackle at Texas, moved inside to guard, and we knew it was going to take a lot of time to him, for him to get acclimated. It took until last year for us to be kind of, you know, a, lot of a lot of people weren't, but to come away saying, okay, you know, he's serviceable in the sense of, I can get by with my offense with Connor. Now he gonna hold, he gonna do all this other stuff. He gonna get bull rushed, but it took him some time to adjust to the guard position. If I'm drafting a guard's guard, one of the top guards, I do feel like he can come in here and make a difference sooner than Connor Williams ever did. Uh, Lauren over on Facebook says to me, O line is number one. Every other pick is defense. 
Okay. Let me get to Vicente on the phone before I reveal my number one draft need heading into the draft pre-free agency. What's up, Vicente? Hey, how you doing, this guy? I'm good, brother. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Hey, um, to tell you the truth, we need to ask ourselves, what do we want to do? We want to make a great defense or a great offense? That's a, that's a great – that's the main point. Because okay. I think we're – either way we go, we could do it. I think if, um, if we draft um, defense first, in the first round, like linebacker that that could help Micah out, I think I think that that our right there our defense just gets avidly, uh, avidly uh, gets higher because you'll let Micah do all kinds of different things for this defense, and I believe we should go defense first round, and then from there just start building that defense, make it make it better and. Make it a top ten defense, and just go from there. You know, start. And I think the offense. I think we could, uh, with our own players and all that. I think we could still be in the top ten with Dak. As as long as we have Dak, I think that that will help us out being the top ten. And then um, just the defense. We need to build up that defense, and I believe that if we do, that's the that's the best way we could win that Super Bowl one day. And I don't, I'm not talking about this year, but I believe in two two to three years, if we, if we build this defense up with Dak and that offense, I think we could do it. Yeah, I, 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 That's what I think. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I, just, I just think when it comes to draft, you never want to corner yourself. I don't want to go into this draft and say, I'm taking defense in round one. Uh, you, you, if you do that, then you can miss out on certain players. You can miss out on a Leonard Baum. You can miss out on Kenyon Green or, or whomever, right? Uh, I think you have to obviously see where the board falls. Now, if you want to build your defense up into more of an elite category, I think that starts in free agency to keep it a being. I, I, don't, I don't think now, again, Micah Parsons and, and other rookies like Micah that come in here and make these LT-type impacts, I think are anomalies. Right, I, I think these guys like Micah came in and changed the Cowboys' defense. He changed the Cowboys' culture defensively. That is that's rare that you see that type of impact like that. Um, but I think if you want this defense to take the next step, to me, it's going out and getting me one of those guys at the safety position in free agency. That's that's how I would be looking to elevate this defense to the next level. Uh, uh, Tyron Matthew, a Marcus May, and Marcus Williams, uh, Jesse Bates, one of these type guys. I am I am going to put the final I want to say lid, but the final hat on this defense, which is the roof guy, a free safety that can be a playmaker and and uh, help out a J. Ron Curse. That's where I would start, and then in the draft I continue to build, uh, be it first round, second round, third round. But I don't think Vicente, you want to back yourself into a corner uh, in the draft. Yeah, yeah, but. I think they they should go for that linebacker or the defensive tackle, one of those two, and I think that will help us out greatly. And then second round, go ahead and get a ta- uh, a guard, because I, I I I truly believe that that we need to stop that run. And with that, with the linebacker yeah. or a or a defensive a, a defensive line will help us greatly. And I believe that I I truly believe that that we should go defense first. 
I I truly believe it. But you know, I know it's best uh, best player available first. So I'm not. Uh, that's the that's a, that's what I think we should go. Make our defense way better and go from there. I believe that. Yeah, I think we'll get a good guy there, Vicente. There'll be a guy there, offense yeah. or defense. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sky. Yeah, Have no problem. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, let me get back into the chat, see what you guys are talking about here. Uh, Sandy believes O is the problem. D Block says, I just believe the Cowboys just want to stay relevant, Sky. Yeah, we, we you know, we mentioned that a little bit. Uh, I think they are content in regards to Stephen Jones. They're, they're content with just being okay enough. Uh, but we got to find a way, right? We got to find a way here to get better player-wise because we're not doing it coach-wise, right? And we're not doing it front office wise. So I want to accumulate as much talent as possible to try to get to that next level. Uh Ken Kentrock says they, they make it Mike a comparison on NFL network already. Who? There, there ain't no Micah in this draft. I'm I'm sorry, Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean. No. You know? Micah Parsons last year, I said this before he was drafted. I didn't even know he was coming to Dallas. I said, from a talent standpoint, this man is a top five to three talent. But people don't want to hear about the, the – they don't like the off-field stuff. He didn't play in 2019, and he's not a quarterback. Only reason why that man didn't go in the top five to me was because the quarterbacks got pushed all the way up the board, as they normally do. Other than that, I would just be real with you. I think he was the best talent in the draft, <laughs> for real. And I know that's hindsight 2020, but Pitts was regarded as that guy. And I said, well, why can't Michael Parsons be put in that same category? Why, why are y'all labeling him as a linebacker? This dude is, is more than just that. He can do everything. Uh, now, did I know he can go and play full-time edge? He did it in high school, but I didn't think in pros he'd translate that damn fast, but he did it. So, uh, yeah, man, Michael Parsons, a comparison who? Who in this draft is Micah? I'll come back on here and say I was dead wrong, but I don't see that at all. I don't see it at all. All right, before I get to my number one, Reveal of uh, top three positions of need in the draft, pre-free agency. Let me make sure I pull this up because I want to make sure I get this get this right for y'all. One minute, one minute. Before I do that, I do want to let you guys know about Worth the Poor. Remember, we talked about Worth the Poor yesterday, and it is it is an amazing uh, facility. And again, it won't let me pull that up because <laughs> something happened. But let me talk to you about Worth the Poor. Uh, take the off of game the edge off of game day. Stop by Worth the Poor Spirits and Wine. In the colony, Texas, Worth the Poor is a family-owned and operated business uh, that operates luxury liquor store with affordable prices and a wide variety of spirit and wine and beer samples available, making your drink of choice decision much easier. And for that game day party that won't end, they offer liquor deliveries for all of Denton County. Now, if you're not in Denton County, which I'm still trying to get familiar with what the hell is a Denton County, I ain't from here, but I'm not from a Denton County. But if you live outside of it, you can schedule a delivery. Just call them up, and uh, they will see if they can deliver it. Give them your uh, address, your zip code, and they'll schedule that. Or you can hit up the Worth the Poor app on your phone and schedule that delivery today. All right, number one. You're probably like, what? Yeah. Linebacker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Linebackers number one, man. I know we got Micah Parsons and, and all that good stuff, but you have one healthy body, Cowboys Nation. 
one healthy body at the position. And I know he might play like three people, <laughs> but with with what they like to do with Micah, you, you're definitely going to need multiple guys. They, they, there's a potential. They'll double dip at free. They'll double dip at linebacker if they don't attack this position in free agency. Seriously, I, I thought they could have did it last year. And now hindsight 2020, I would have loved if they did it because of what happened. But I'm still high on a Jabril Cox, so we'll see. But this is their current linebacking linebackers on the team. Obviously, you got Micah Parsons, who is all pro Micah Parsons. He'll be here forever. Uh, you have Jabril Cox, injured, coming off an ACL. I still believe in Jabril Cox. I think he can be your, your running mate with Micah, but it's unfortunate what happened to him. So I can't go into this draft or free agency and just ignore it because we got Jabril Cox coming off an ACL. I still have to address it because you only got two, really two guys. Now, here are the interesting ones with Francis Bernard and Lou Gifford. I don't think these guys are any long-term solutions as is. But here's why it's even more of a reason why you need to draft a linebacker, and probably early. Francis Bernard is an exclusive rights free agent. Probably will be around, but an exclusive right free agent is a player who has fewer than three seasons secured and an expired contract and is not allowed to negotiate with another team if their original team offers a league minimum contract, Dallas most likely will. They don't have enough bodies not to offer him a league minimum contract. Um, and for a guy like him, you're talking about probably less than a million dollars or a million dollars. So you need to extend that exclusive right free agent to Francis Bernard just for body purposes. He's been around for a few years, special teams guy. He'll likely be on the roster, but you're not really counting him as a starter or a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps. Luke Gifford is another interesting one because I like Luke Gifford. He played the most snaps of his career this year. Not a ton, but the most. But he's a restricted free agent. Okay, a restricted free agent is one with three or fewer cured seasons of service who has uh, received a qualifying offer. So they have to you know, give him that. Um, and again, Due to the number of, of linebacker in the linebacker situation, I probably hit him with a restricted free agency. I'll, I'll give him the qualifying offer, depending how much it is. I don't know what it's going to be. But you just don't have enough bodies at the position to go into this draft with two guys and one healthy body. You know what I mean? So, linebacker to me is the number one need. Now, watch this. Just because I think it's the top need pre-free agency does not mean you need to take that position in the first round. See, there's two different things here we're talking about. I actually really like this linebacking class for Dan Quinn. Now, there's the top options in the first round, two rounds, three rounds, whatever. You got the Devin Lloyds and the Kobe Deans, the Christian Harris of Alabama, Quay Walker, uh, Chad Mumas. Just say Georgia. The Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, just say Georgia linebacker. <laughs> you can get one of those guys, right? You got the Clark kid out of LSU, Troy Anderson, hyper athletic do it all guy from Montana State. Some people have been bringing up the Leo Chanel name, and I took a look at him. I mean, right away, he just doesn't fit the Dan Quinn profile. 
Uh, but he is definitely a throwback type linebacker, and I would be shocked if Dan Quinn takes takes a Leo Chanel type of guy. Just doesn't fit the Dan Quinn criteria, which I'll show you what that is here in a second. So I, you know, there is no. I'm out on that cat. Uh, he's more of a body wise, weight wise at least, an LVE type, and that just just isn't Dan Quinn. So before I get to the Dan Quinn type. Linebacker as the number one pre-free agency need. Is that too high for you guys? Is that too high? I tried to break it down and give you all a legitimate reason as to why it's number one. Because I just don't see. Look, look I, mean, I just showed you the, the current linebackers. There just isn't many. It's really just Micah. Jabril is, is coming up. One healthy linebacker, Micah Parsons. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that. So let me see what y'all saying here. Is that too high, too low, just about right? Uh, Vicente says, nope. Kent says, yes. Ch- listen, Jamie, Ch- Chad Muma, there's a few guys I don't like to try to get you know, too attached to. I'm already, Jordan Davis is one. Chad is becoming a second. Uh, and and I, there's obviously the Devin Lloyds and the Kobe Deans, but I feel like I can get Chad later, right? And that's the thing. At the linebacker position, I feel like because of the depth, for me at least, I can get a guy after day one. Now, if if the Lloyds and, and the Nicobe Deans are just the best player available and it is at a position of need, I just said that, you take them, right? You don't, you don't, you don't gripe about it. But I feel like you can also get a guy later because the way that Dan Quinn develops these guys. Now, if you want some a cheat sheet on the type of player or players that Dan Quinn will look at at the linebacker position, I got you covered. I got you covered. I often bring up the Dan Quinn prototype, the Dan Quinn criteria at backer. I'm not just saying that. He truly has a type of, of linebacker that he will draft. A lot of people will say, well, what about K.J. Wright? What about... Wagner, he didn't draft those guys. Those guys, he was a defensive coordinator at the time. He inherited those guys. These are the guys that he drafts. Deion Jones, 6'1", 227. Duke Rowley, 6'1", 230. Devondre Campbell, kind of an anomaly, but not really. 6'4", 232. Michael Walker, 6'3", 230. Foye Aluaquan, 6'2", 215. And then in Dallas, Micah, which is the outlier, and I'll get to why, 63245 and Jabril Cox 62233. Unless you're a freak like a Micah Parsons, the odds of Dan Quinn drafting a guy 240 plus are very slim. In fact, he's never done it. So you can eliminate these 245, 250, 260 pound type linebackers unless they are absolute freaks in this draft. So look for that six foot, six one as the as the the minimum height requirements and look at 230, 235 at the max of weight requirements. But he loves those 230, sub 230 type guys. If you're in that in that area, you're quick, you're fast. He wants a guy that can cover. He doesn't want a heavy dude. This is the type of guy you should be looking at in the draft when it comes to Dan Quinn. 
in the linebacker position. It's just a bit of a cheat sheet. It helps me kind of ignore some of the other guys that I just don't think are going to be up his alley unless they are Micah Parsons, and that is very, very rare. And if you look at the hit rate, I mean, this is another reason why maybe in the first round you don't need to go that long or you don't need to take one. The only guy he's taken in the first round on this list is Micah Parsons. And he's had success with these guys. Deion Jones is, I mean, one of the better linebackers in the league. Devondre Campbell just had an all-pro year, but Devondre Campbell was good in Atlanta as well. Foye Oluwakwan is about to get paid. That obviously Micah Parsons, you know, those are four guys on that list. Like Dan Quinn knows linebacker talent. And only one of them were drafted in the first round. I think Dion was a second round guy. Devondre might have been a third or so. And Foyer, I think, was like a sixth round pick. So I have so much confidence in Dan Quinn taking a linebacker and developing said linebacker into a guy, into a dude. So if it doesn't happen early, Cowboys Nation, I'm not going to trip. But I do think it needs to, when I say early, I mean round one. I do think it needs to happen in the top 100 without a doubt, and definitely on day one or two. Anything after day two, I get it. We can hit, but it's like, damn, I know you could have got one of those top top guys, those top 60 or so guys in the first three rounds, coach. So that's where I'm at with it, man. I have linebacker at number one, and I think for good reason. I don't think that's a crazy, you know, take there. Danny says, what good is a linebacker with no huge one tech to stop the run? Uh, Michael Parsons. But nah, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't, I, listen, defense tackle helps. Huge run tech, run, run, or huge one tech helps. Hence why I want Jordan Davis. If you don't have it, I still think a linebacker can still be productive, but you want to help each level of the defense, right? So how do I help my linebackers? I get some good defense tackle play. How do I help my corners and safeties? I get good front seven play, et cetera, et cetera. Special K says, I believe in Dan more than Kellen. Absolutely, Special K, 100%. I think Dan Quinn can can really uh, elevate this defense in year two. Look what he did in year one. I feel like Micah changed everyone's mind about drafting backers in round one, says TC915, because last year I heard everyone, including me, so you can't take an off-ball backer with pick one. Yeah, I've never been. Listen, is the dude a playmaker? Then I don't give a damn what position he plays in regards to skill guys. Is he a stud? Is he a blue chipper? Is he a playmaker? I think, I just I just truly think categorizing, you know, guys into one box can can really hurt you in the draft. This whole positional value thing it's why players drop it's why michael parsons is sitting there at number 11 oh he's a linebacker give a damn he's a playmaker period he's a beast he's a blue chipper he's a difference maker if that guy is that i don't care what position you want to label in him get him on my team and that's kind of where i'm at with with certain players here in this draft uh marcus says i see him drafting a hybrid Linebacker safety later in the draft. They do like to move guys around. I don't know about from linebacker to safety, but we just saw they moved to safety to linebacker. Uh, 
We talked about J. Ron Curse. J. Ron Curse, I think, should come back. I had this question asked to me. I went back and looked. I watched the show some time to see what I missed in the chat. And one of the questions was, Sky, what about Jabril Cox playing that high back, hybrid linebacker safety? I, I, I want Jabril Cox next to Mike Parsons. I told you, I'm, I'm all for Jabril Cox being a linebacker because that type of linebacker is this era of linebackers that you need. This passing league, this this fast league. I would love him to be a running mate with Micah. Just go, just, just get me a damn safety. What's so hard about that, y'all? What's so hard about just going out and drafting an actual safety? Why do we got to draft a corner from South Carolina and convert him to safety, knowing damn well he ain't ready to make no difference? And now we're waiting for that, right? Just go get me a safety and stop playing. Let's see, here we go. Cox is a safety. He's not a safety. He's a linebacker. I'm not playing with that. Go get me the, go get me a guy that plays safety. In fact, you got one. J-Ron J- Curse. End of discussion. Bring J-Ron Curse back, and we're good to go. Have you not seen what J-Ron... J-Ron Curse proved to you, I can play that hybrid role at an elite level. You have no clue what Jabril Cox can do, especially after coming off of an ACL injury, playing a hybrid level at this in this league. I know what J-Ron can do. J-Ron was elite covering those tight ends. Got robbed of a Pro Bowl, if you ask me. Got robbed of a Pro Bowl. Uh, Jamie Ons talking about LVE. Uh, Every team's going to have a player like that on their team. Debo is like a Parsons. Joseph says, in other words, don't fiddle, fiddle fart on draft day. Yeah, 100%. JP, if we are looking at Davis as just a big plug like Tyler Shelvin, oh, no, 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 no. I ain't looking at him like that. Like, listen, and I like Tyler Shelvin because he's a big dude, but I think I think Jordan Davis is much better. I think he's much better. I think he I think his body's in better shape. I think Tyler was there was a worry about him kind of eating his way out the league. Now he did play this year, but I want to say he was hurt um, as well. But I think Jordan Davis is, is, is a blue chipper where Tyler Shelvin was not a blue chipper. He was a guy that was a mid-round type of dude. Will Jerry make Jason Garrett be the kid? <laughs> Tom with all the zingers, man. Yeah, JP says he has some lateral movement. Yeah, I just think those two guys are just different. I think Shelvin is truly a big just sit you there and don't get moved guy where I think Jordan has some push pull ability to him. Um, obviously some movement ability to him, even though he's a two down guy, I think those two downs for Dallas are more important than probably most teams. Right. Cause if I could get the third long with Randy, bring him back with Demarcus Lawrence, bring him back and Michael Parsons. Psh- I like my chances, especially when you saw the Cowboys be a good third down defense this year. For the most part, they were a good third down defense. So uh, the one thing they were missing was a run, a true, true run stopper. And Brent Urban was there, but I think Brent got hurt at the point where everything was kind of just clicking for the Cowboys. We never really got to see Brent Urban with adversity later in the year. Um, And he's older. He's 30, 31. So, I mean, we talked about bringing him back, but I'm looking for a guy for the future. Dallas has not prioritized two positions, in my opinion, that need to be prioritized in today's game. Safety, defensive tackle. I don't care if it's one or three tech, doesn't matter. 
Get me a dude in the middle on the line and a dude at safety. Everything in between we can mess with. So Kent just brought up safety, right? Am I am I tripping for omitting the safety position? And let me bring this back up. Because we talked about at the top of my reveal, Skywalker's top three draft needs pre-free agency, linebacker, offensive guard, one tech, defensive tackle. I said I struggled with not including safety here. And I think I did it because of biases, right? Like I'm biased to the fact that they just won't prioritize it. But if we're being technical, it is without a doubt a need. Where do you rank it, though? Professor O says, safe word time. Where do you rank safety in the Dallas Cowboys draft needs pre-free agency? I struggled, y'all. I did. I wanted to put it in here. And if I'm going to be fair with my own, you know, observations, it's kind of similar to the linebacker position. You've got one dude you can count on at that position. Donovan Wilson. And that's stretching it a little bit because hurt guy, right? He's a hurt guy. So if we being technical, it is without a doubt a need. It's just that. Are they really going to take one? Are they really going to do it? Uh, <laughs> thank you for the safe word. Apparently this is the safe word. Let me find it. I'm not going to play because I got it on something else. Uh, Pre-free agency, Professor Rose says, four to five range. Post-free agency, maybe one, two. Yeah, if I'm going to be fair, excuse me, I got it right underneath that one tech defensive tackle. Maybe on the same same line, but it's right there. Bailey says, agree, safety is important, but the first two needs are O-line and linebacker. And Derek says, no on Wilson. That's the thing, right? Like, and think about it. If you're actually out on Wilson, there's no safeties on this roster. So they've got to do something to address it. Um, we listed a couple players. And we listed a couple players at linebacker as well. But this is pre-free agency. Now, we'll come back and we will revisit this. As again, this list may flip. In fact, it may flip prior to free agency. It may flip. The minute we hear what the Cowboys are going to do with Amari Cooper, what are they going to do with Demarcus Lawrence? I may have to put different needs up there. But as we speak right now, defense and a wide receiver, I can't put there because they are still on this roster. Uh, Tom says you need it for DQs. Defense need to realize it's a huge need for the unit. Yeah. Yeah. Professor O brought up John Ridgeway. That's a guy that, that we talked about earlier. Interesting dude. Kind of in Brent Urban types, about 6'6", but he goes like 330. He's a big dude. Very interesting. I didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of him. What I saw, he just seemed like a tough-as-nails type guy. Um, But I want to check out these other guys here. Noah Ellis, Neil Farrell. We're talking about one text in the mid-round. Okay. Wayne wants a Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson or Kobe Dean at 24 in that order. Or Jordan Davis, if available, at 24. Danny says, I can find the one tech in round three or four. O-line, O-line, O-line. I mean, that's technically true. Like, the one tech position 
is devalued, and I get it, right, because of the new age of, of NFL. It's a passing league. It's a fast league. You want quicker guys. You, you don't want the 350-pound dudes as much anymore because they only play a couple downs. But I'm looking at the position per team, and per team, that's like the one the, the one position in the front seven that Dallas is really missing. So I value it a little bit higher. And only if it's a, a Vince Wilfork type of dude there. And I think Jordan can be Vince Wilfork. I truly do. An absolute difference maker. All right, man. Great, great talk today. I appreciate you guys rocking with me as we kind of stumbled through the show. Uh, there was some technical difficulties behind the scenes and still are. But uh, we figured it out. Y'all were still here. So I appreciate that. Thanks for y'all that called in. Uh, great in the chat as well. You guys gave me some names to take a look at, and I know Professor O does all the time, so I appreciate that as well. He just listed here. Noah Ellis, 64360. Jeez. Uh, Neil Farrell, 64325. I don't want to check him out just from a pure physical standpoint. That's nuts. Uh, but that's that's too much. <laughs> That's a little bit too much, man. We got to lose some weight. Uh, we do got a big boy, Quentin Bohanna. But, but again, Quentin, I think, still needs to develop. He'll tell you that as well. But listen, guys, I appreciate y'all for being here this morning. Tomorrow we'll see if we can get that guest rolling um, as we hit towards the end of the, uh, the, this, the week. We'll have some more combine stuff to talk about. We'll see who tested well, interviewed well, things like that. I'll try to reach out to some of my, my guys down there right now or up there, depending where you're at. Uh, see if we can get some good information and bring it back here to the show. All right. We'll see if we can do that. Make sure y'all check out Mauricio later. He had a wonderful show yesterday. I actually wanted to hit him up to bring him on to talk about that uh, TP Zeke McCarthy situation, but we'll, we'll go in more depth on that at a later date, but check him out later on the channel as well as on Facebook. Follow us everywhere. A to Z sports, Dallas, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and here on YouTube and hit that like button. If you haven't, man, that helps out tremendously we're trying to get to the 15k and then the next the next one before the season would be 20 so we're trying to continue to grow this thing so make sure y'all do that and uh, just keep rocking with your boy go ahead and press this button so we can get on up out of here thank you lauren thank you ken hey ken i'm not sure when this round table is going to be popping in fact i gotta look at the chat here but it, it may be coming back we had a situation last week that didn't happen but we may have it tonight i don't know we'll see we'll see appreciate you guys tune in tomorrow 8 15 or so ish keep rocking love you peace shout out to the my god professor O. I want me some glory hope.